Hey everybody, it's me, Greg Miller from Kinda Funny, and you're listening to my Xbox and me with my son, MC Fixer. That's right, not Mick Fixer. He doesn't like the Mick Fixer thing. Don't say that anymore. Hey, this is Troy Baker. And Nolan North. And you're listening to my, my Xbox, Xbox and, me. and me. Hey, we did that together. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to my Xbox and me, episode 196. I am your only host this week, MC Fixer. I hope everyone is doing fantastic. Again, it's a strange one. I, I Doing this show alone is super weird and super strange. But, unfortunately, the show goes on. No matter what. I'm not, I'm not reaching episode 200 and missing a week now. Nah, there's no way. It's not happening. We are so close. We're so close to 200. It scares me that I've been doing this podcast for so damn long. For those who don't know, My Xbox and Me is our weekly Xbox podcast here on YouTube.com slash MCFixer and podcast services everywhere. You can get the show early over on Patreon.com slash MCFixer. Uh, if you are supporting at the bronze tier or above, you get the show early. And there's a bunch of other goodies you can get along there too. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, amongst other podcasting services. If the video isn't your thing, the show comes out every Friday for non-Patreon supporters. Um, No Patreon producers this week, so let's jump straight into topic of the show. Nintendo, Sony and Microsoft to require loot box odds disclosure. The Entertainment Software Association has said that Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft are working on new policies to require loot box odds disclosures on their systems. Entertainment Software Association Chief Counselor of Tech Policy, Michael Warneck, I believe it's Warneck, announced the news this morning at the Federal Trade Commission inside the game workshop of the loot box issue. The comments came after Warnick recaps the industry's previous attempts to address loot box concerns and in-game purchase label on retail titles and perform sorry and platform level spending controls on consoles and EA Origin PC storefronts. The quote here we have is I'm pleased to announce that this morning that Microsoft, Nintendo and Sony have indicated that to ESA a commitment to new platform policies with respect to the used to respect with respect to used of paid loot boxes in games that are developed for their platform. Significantly, um, specifically, sorry, this would apply to new games and game updates that add loot box features, and it would require the disclosure of the relevant rarity of probabilities or obtaining randomized virtual items in games that are available on platforms. The quote carries on saying this. As well, many of the leading video game publishers of the Entertainment Software Association have decided that they're going to implement a similar approach at the publisher level to provide consumers this information and give them enhanced information to make up uh, to make purchasing decisions. Then we got an update to this story as we're all breaking it down. It's crazy. The ESA has provided more details on loot box disclosures, saying that platform holders are targeting to implement them by 2020. The trade group released a list of members, companies uh, that have pledged to release loot box disclosures odds on all new games by the end of 2020. And the list reads like this. Activision, Blizzard, Bandai Namco, Bethesda, Bungie, Electronic Arts, Microsoft, Nintendo, Sony Interactive, Take-Two Interactive, Ubisoft, Warner Brothers, and Wizards of the Coast. 
So, obviously a big, big, big piece of news here that's coming out, and I think it's something that's going to change the game industry for a long, long time now. Um, I just do, I've just started doing a new show on my YouTube channel called Today in Gaming. If you've not checked it out, please do. I'd really appreciate it. But the main thing I've taken away from this is that I feel like loot boxes are a thing of the past or going to be a thing of the past relatively soon in the near future. Where I feel like me and you listening or watching... We're getting sick of these, oh, oh, there we go, and wow, magic, fireworks, and here, here is your messy, or your, your skin, or whatever it may be, and we just want to be able to purchase those things with our money, with our real money, and know what we're getting. I understand that this, is a, this can give certain games more monetization, which they can then put into other games, but I love the fact that steps are being taken to take down companies like EA, and then not disclosing the percentages of like how how much to get a Ronaldo card or a Messi or whoever it may be. We're finally getting somewhere, I feel like. And I feel like it's a big statement to have all the big publishers come out and say this. EA included, not to just shit on EA. EA are not the only people out there that have scummy practices when it comes to loot boxes. There are plenty of other games out there that don't do it correctly. There are plenty of games out there that do do it correctly, but there are plenty of games out there that don't do it correctly and those are the those sorry excuse me and those are the ones that i'm talking about right now it'd be an interesting it'll be interesting to see 2020 we're not far off which is so scary i'm getting old <laughs> um but we're not far off and i'm interested to see where this all goes and to see what the sticker looks like on boxes uh, will will the percentages be hit online so you have to go through click here to click here to click here to get to the percentages or will they make it quick and easy website at the bottom click this here is your chances of getting i don't know i don't know but i am very intrigued to find out Let's do what's in my box. I am alone. So what has been in my box this week? I've played a couple of things. Number one, GTA Online. I cannot stop playing this game. I don't know what it is. Besides, I do know what it is. But the bug has hit me again. The, the, the Casino update has absolutely got me. And I can't stop playing it. And I can't stop thinking about it. It's one of those things where... I log on to my Xbox in the morning and I start streaming 12 o'clock till 5 o'clock uh, every Monday, Wednesday and Friday over on twitch.tv slash mcfixer. Go check me out. If you're not following already, please do. And I turn it on and I just see it pop up. I see GTA and I'm like, man, I just want to play it. I just want to play it. So I start playing it. And as soon as I do, I'm like, I really enjoy this game. I really enjoy the fact that I'm working towards something. So currently, I'm working towards level 100. It's double XP and double money on the casino missions. So I'm currently doing those over and over and over again. And trust me, my stream's sick of watching me do it. But I'm enjoying it. And a part of me thinks, why am I enjoying this? There's other content in GTA Online that I could be enjoying that I've not done before. There's some heists. We've done a load of heists now. But there's some heists I've still not done. And there's a bunch of other missions I've still not done. But I just love grinding out and getting that XP and getting that money and doing my daily spin. And to be honest with you, I'm really happy the community are coming together to play together as well. I said this on last week's episode, I believe. But the fact that there's so many people that own this game makes it so much easier for everyone to just jump on and play. 
Stu's gone from like level zero to like Xbox Stu for those who don't know. Um, has gone from like Xbox, uh, gone from like level zero to like twenty four in like a couple of days because of what we've been doing. He's made a load of money and he's buying crap cars, but it's fun. It's fun. It's enjoyable. Even when we're failing missions, which can be frustrating, I still find myself like, alright, let's go again. And then we die again. And let's go again. Let's go again. It's not that. Oh, me bursting out and being angry. It's just like, let's go again, we can do it. Let's go again, we can do it. Let's go again, we can do it. And then we do it, and it's like, yes, we've done it. We've done it. Um, other than that, I played a bit of Madden 20, the brand new Madden on my EA Access. If you haven't got EA Access, you are slacking. We've been saying it since episode one of my Xbox and me, so you better have it. But um, yeah, enjoyed it. It seems very um, new player friendly. It's easy i played the ultimate team mode so the little challenges they put set you up with that's sort of how i learn the game every year i go in i play ultimate team in my trial and i make a decision based on that of whether i want to buy the game or not currently i've not put enough time in it to actually warrant me saying if i'm going to buy it or not but from a first impression i played it for about an hour or two I really enjoy it. It looks graphically beautiful, it plays really well, and it seems easier for new players to jump in. Something that we were saying in chat, something that like I don't feel like NBA does well or FIFA does well, which Madden does, is it introduces people to the sport in video games very well. It shows you how to play the game, it gives you little scenarios where they break it down and they explain it, and something that football FIFA doesn't do and something that NBA doesn't do either like a nice little tutorial but it's not a tutorial that that's boring and like bland because you're not getting anything out of it you're learning new skills in Madden Ultimate Team to take into when you start playing online or playing against a computer and you're earning currency and cards and things of that nature so I think it's really done well and I'm very very happy with what I've played so far of Madden 20. I'm going to change it up here, and we're going to do Fixer's Sack before. I put a message out to say I'm going to be doing the show on my own, and I wanted to try and extend the length of this episode, otherwise you're getting a 20-minute episode. And we've got a couple of questions, so I'm going to read those out, and uh, yeah, we'll go from there, shall we? Matthew Smith from the My Xbox and Me Facebook group, which you should all join, says, Do you feel your content has improved after taking a month away from the grind? Would you suggest it, would you suggest it to other content creators? Huh, that's a really good question. Um, I don't know if my content has improved. I mean, I, I don't think I can say that. I think that's, that's down to you guys. Matthew, that's down to you. Have You've listened to my Xbox and me. Um, you may have jumped into the streams. You've seen the other content I'm putting out on YouTube, like Today in Gaming and, and some other bits and bobs like the Rainbow Six Let's Play. I don't know if the content has improved. It's something that I, I'm always evaluating the content. It's like, is it even good? Is it bringing value? I think that's the question I always put to people is, is my content bringing value to people? Whether it be from a knowledge base of people learning new things or from an entertainment base, whether am I making you happy or smile or making you feel some sort of emotion? I think that's, the, that's my job as a host. That's my job, whether it is to love me or hate me if I've got an opinion you don't like. Um is to have make you have an emotion and i don't know if if i wasn't doing that previously what i can say is i am way happier but unfortunately happiness comes at a price um taking a month off of streaming cost me a lot i lost a lot of twitch subscribers um i lost a lot of patreon support i went from i think i went from about 400 dollars on patreon down to about 
a hundred and I think it's like a hundred and ninety something. I'm pretty sure it's all out there. You can see it. Um, and my subscribers went from I think I was at eighty eight when I left to twenty four, I believe. So my happiness is there, I'm happy again, I'm enjoying it again, I have a much, 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 much better work-life balance, like right now, Snowbite Mike couldn't do the show this week, um, which usually would upset me and annoy me, and frustrate me, but I'm just like, you know what, the content's got to get done, I am happy to do it myself, if, if, if other people can't make it work, my Xbox in me is my baby, it's not anybody else's, it's mine, and I do take that responsibility very seriously, hence why I don't like to just put anybody on the show, um, I don't like having just random people that people don't know on the show, because I expect the, the level of quality content for my Xbox in me to be held at a higher standard, is this higher standard? I believe so, I believe the reason why you guys come here every week is to hear my opinion on Xbox and the other topics in the gaming industry. And yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Again, I'd have to put it down to you of the listener, viewer. Um, has the content got better since I took a break? I, that's down to you to decide, not me. And uh, he also says, how accurate was Assassin's Creed compared to Egypt? So, yeah, for those who don't know, I went to Egypt for 10 days while I was off for a month um, with my fiance Haley, which was fantastic. It, to be honest, they whitewashed people in a, in a Assassin's Creed, which I was so surprised. I did not expect Egyptian people to be so dark-skinned. Um, as someone who's mixed-raced, if you've never watched the video version, um, I'm quite light. I'm not at the moment, and I've just noticed I haven't got my light on. Um, I'm not at the moment, but because uh, i just come back off holiday, but yeah, they're super, super tan, so the games whitewash them, and I don't know, it's hard to compare, like, I think they nailed the pyramids, and things of that nature, like, I, I went to see the pyramids in Cairo, which was one of those once-in-a-lifetime opportunities, it was a seven-hour coach journey there, and a seven-hour coach journey back, it was tiresome, it was hard, it was hot, it was it was hard, it was one of those experiences that I'm like, damn, this is, this is like work, but when I got there, I was like, wow, I've, I've climbed, I can say that I've climbed a pyramid, I can say that I've got, well, you can see on my Facebook or Instagram or in, or Twitter, um, the photos that I've put up of me and Hayley at, at the pyramids, we've been to the pyramids, I've seen a thinks, um, how accurate was they did a good job. They did a good job. I, I've been I've went I went quad biking in the Sahari Desert. Um, I've done some ama amazing things that I thought I'd only do in video games that I've now done in real life. And and the reason we went to Egypt, which again it was it was obviously Haley mentioned it and we ended up doing it, which I'm not going to get into details of that because it was super last minute. But I was like, should we go to Egypt? And I don't know why I said it because like. I've always wanted to go, but I was just like, why? Why Egypt? Why are we going to Egypt? And I was like, Assassin's Creed, baby. It did it. you got to remember, I didn't care about Assassin's Creed at all. Assassin's Creed did nothing for me. And then you play Origins, and my mind was just blown. And you see this beautiful world that's been built, and you see the love and care that's been put into it. And then you go and experience that country that you've played in real life, and you see, you see what it would have been back in the day, you do, you see the magic, you see the open areas, you see the, 
after miles and miles and miles and miles of sand, it's an experience like no other. Um, the one thing I will say is I got food poisoning, the food was really bad, but everything else about, apart from that was fantastic. And for those who haven't asked yet, but no, I didn't get on a camel. I decided against it. <laughs> but Matthew, thank you very much for the question. I appreciate it. Uh, this next one says, hello, everyone. I hope all is well. Uh, I hope all is well with you and your kicking butt in life and in video games. My question is about Ninja's exclusive deal with Mixer and what it could mean for the future. I'm wondering, do you think that Twitch and other places you can stream on will try and get certain streamers to sign exclusive deals with them? Thank you and stay glorious, Mr. Moody. Moody, as far as I'm aware, Twitch are already doing that. I just, I think their contracts are really bad from my understanding. Um, when you, when you become a Twitch partner, you go into a contract, um, with Twitch so other streamers will have like a higher percentage on how much they get from subs. Currently, anyone that's an affiliate is a 50-50 split. Someone like Ninja, I'm sure, was getting an 80-20 split or maybe even a little bit more or less. Who knows? Because of the volume of subscribers they get. But yeah, I, like, I am in a contract with Twitch currently. My contract states that I can't stream on Mixer, or stream on any other platform and Twitch have a 24-hour exclusivity on my content. So if I stream it on Twitch, I can't then upload it to YouTube instantly. It's 24 hours they're supposed to have. Do I always oblige by that? No, I don't think I do. Sometimes I forget about those sort of things and the things I've signed. But um, yeah, you, you, everyone signs a contract when you're making money from from companies like this. The question, I, I think it's going to be huge. Honestly, I feel like anyone, and you can see it just from myself, but anyone from a small to medium-sized content creator from a live streaming perspective um, on Twitch is definitely looking at Mixer now. Is They're like, well, why not? I'll, I'll talk about myself. Like, I have been on Twitch. You guys know. Anyone who's listened to this show for nearly two, three years now knows that I've been on Twitch for four years. And some of it inconsistency, some of it inconsistent, some of it full-time. Um, and I can't get above 10 viewers. I just can't do it. I can I get to ten, and I'll go up. I'll get to a fifteen or something, and then people just leave. And it's it's hard because you need a community of people that will come in. I stream twelve till five o'clock, yeah, and that's not a great time for people because people are at work and things of that nature. But that's all I can make work in my current situation of where I live. Um, and you have to just make do with what you've got. You've got to try and convince people to become work lurkers. So if you're at work and you can have it on your phone in the background, or if you've got a PC and you're working for a PC, have it up in the background. It's, you're trying to grind it out. And I feel like Mixer, just from the... I've done two streams on Mixer currently, and I'm on a, I'm two followers away from 200. Um, it's, it's interesting because it's Xbox people. And that's the that's the one thing that's sort of pulling me towards it a bit more. Every single time, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, it's Xbox, Microsoft owned, but Mixer don't have Amazon Prime, and that is such a game changer when it comes to subscriptions. Which don't get me wrong, you don't get as much money, but it's money. And for someone like myself who's gone full time in this and trying to make it work with Patreon and then Twitch revenue. Um, and then anything you can get from like advertisements and stuff like that and sponsored content that I've not done much of, but I've done a little bit of, as some people will remember. Um, 
you've got to then make a decision and you've got to be like, ah, oh, what do I do? Me, I'm currently sat at this position where I'm like, I'm doing three days on Twitch and I'm doing two days on Mixer and I'm doing the two days on Mixer and I'm enjoying it. It's fun. Like I'm enjoying streaming again. It's just amazing. This amazing feeling. But I'm also sitting there going, am I just taking away time from Twitch? I could be on Twitch five days, but that's how I burnt out last time and I wasn't creating good content on YouTube. So it's a hard one. It really is. It's a hard one and it's one of those ones that I I, I think to myself, what do you do? But I do think Ninja has definitely opened the floodgates for small to medium-sized content creators and big but I'm talking about the small to medium-sized content creators and gone, hey, why don't you come over here? There's an engaged audience of people that want to support people and it doesn't have some of the the shady practices that Twitch has currently. Once, I, there was a thing on Twitter that I didn't put in the in the news this week just because I don't think it fits, but it fits in this conversation, which was like Phil Spencer talking about... Someone tweeted at Phil Spencer saying, why don't you add Game Pass Ultimate customers to get a free subscription on Mixer? If that happens, that is huge. But the problem is, um, Mixer doesn't have an affiliation program. They strictly have a partnership program meaning you need to get partnered first before you can even make revenue. And then that's the other side of things. Their, their requirements are not as harsh, but you do get rejected. Chris just told me, a friend of his, a War Dog TV on Mixer, go support him, um, that he has the requirements, but he's been rejected for it. And that that must be so disheartening. And I think that was the thing for me. I was like, oh, let's get to 2000 and then we're going to get partnered. And you, you find out that it's not just that. There's other things that take place in it. It's like, well... Why am I putting my time into this platform then? If if there's no there's no set requirements, if I meet the requirements, why am I not being accepted? And I think that's the good thing about Twitch currently is to get affiliated and start making money is quite easy. So, yeah. Uh, and last but not least, we have one more from the Facebook group uh, from Tony Williams, and that was from Mr. Moody. I apologise. I think I said it, said it. Uh, are you gonna? Are you going back into Anthem now? The patch is live. Hashtag where's Mike? Tony, I am going to be going back into Anthem. I promised Haley in the car today that we would jump back into Anthem and check out the Cataclysm uh, event, which is going on right now. My problem with Anthem was never the gameplay; was always the content. There wasn't any, and the story was bland and boring and the gameplay was fantastic and fun if there's more to do in the game and there's more story and there's 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 the the loot and the grind is there and it's fun then i'll stick in that game but yes i am 100 going back into anthem and gonna check it out definitely and where's mike like i said uh mike said to me woke up he went to bed way too late and couldn't get up in time uh to do the podcast today uh but you have to hashtag where's mike at Snowbite Mike, not me, unfortunately. This that was just fix the stack. So let's get into the news this week. Uh, Xbox is getting more single player games from first party. At Elf Neds uh, tweeted at Phil Spencer this. Can you at least tell me more single player games are coming to Xbox in the years to come? Phil Spencer then replied with, yes, I can confirm. With the addition to Xbox Game Studios, we have a lot of teams that have built strong single-player-focused games and we want to continue. For me, this is one that Xbox has had to do for a long, 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 long time. That's something that their competitors, Nintendo and Sony, absolutely wipe the floor with them. When it comes to a single-player experience, first-party exclusive, 
I can't think of many that are to the caliber of its competition. You you think of Sony, you think of Last of Us, Horizon Zero Dawn, you think of Xbox. Oh, man, I think Alan Wake. You could say Quantum Break, but they're not on the same level as what the games I just mentioned. They're not, unfortunately. But we know that Xbox have heavily invested in its first-party portfolio of the Xbox Game Studios. And I'm sure the fruits of that labour will now come to fruition very, very soon. Which I honestly can't wait for. But it's good to know that Phil is willing to answer the questions and that he can confirm that we are going to get some single-player games. My question is, are they going to be single-A, double-A or AAA single-player experiences? Because I'm expecting AAA experiences from up to the same level of a God of War or a Last of Us. That's what I want. Next up, Kojima, among stars from the industry, to appear at GamesCon opening night live. Hedeko, 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 I think I say it wrong every time. Kojima, I'm just going to say Kojima, because I'm going to get it wrong, and then I'm going to feel really awkward. Uh, will appear on stage at Open Night Live, the Jeff Keighley host event created to kick off GamesCon. The new event will feature a presentation on the, of on Death Stranded from Hedeko Kojima, but he will just be one of many game designers uh, and teams to showcase their work on stage. Again, Kojima, I'm so sorry for butchering your name. I'm so sorry. I will learn. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Publishers confirmed to make announcements and debut world premiere content at Gamescom Open Night Live include Activision, Bungie, EA, Epic Games, Google Stadia, Square Enix, PlayStation, and Xbox, among others. Gamescom Open Night Live is the result of a combination uh, collaboration between uh, uh miss my, between german uh, consumer events and executive producer of the game awards jeff keely and kimmy h kim quote fans watching a stream around the world should expect overview of should expect an overview of what Jesus, let me do that again. Fans watching the stream around the world should expect an overview of what to expect during Gamescom week. Updates and reveals on some of the most anticipated games coming in the months ahead, as well as announcements of new projects too, Keeley said in a statement. Personally, I cannot wait. I can't wait because I love press conferences. It doesn't matter if it's updates to the games. It doesn't matter if it's little games. It doesn't matter what it is. And then I was going to channel my inner rock there. It doesn't matter what it is. But I love them. I love reacting to them on stream. I don't think I'm going to be able to react to this one due to it being, I think it's going to be shot about nine o'clock. And I, where I live now, I can't really stream later than about half past five, which is a shame. But we'll see what happens. I'll try. I love it. I love these press conferences. It, to me, it seems like Gamescom are coming for E3 generally it's a bigger show from people i've spoken about they say it's a better show and i feel like bringing back the press conference to gamescom is going to be a huge statement if it's done well which the game awards are always done well in my opinion i think they 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 strike a brilliant balance between sponsorship and uh, sorry ads and games with good announcements as well I'm expecting this to feel like a first-time year show, which it is. It's a new venture for Jeff Keighley. And I generally, I think people should support it, and I'm very much looking forward to it. Next up, Fortnite streamer Ninja passes 1 million subs on Mixer in under a week. 
The takeaway from this is, remember that Ninja, as much as this is a huge achievement and fantastic for him, not only Ninja, but for Mixer as well, because they've got a bunch of new iPods on the on the product, but remember this was free subscriptions, you didn't have to put your, your bank details in, you didn't have to do a rolling contract type thing, this was literally log on to Mixer, make an account, and hit the subscribe button, boom, done, easy. So, not to take away from Ninja's success here, because it is a success, it's success, it is fantastic, but we will know more in a month or two's time if this was really worth it, and did they overpay or underpay, was there enough exposure for not only Ninja, but for Mixer as a platform as well, we don't know, but in two months time, we will know. Next up, E. E3 accidentally leaks personal details of journalists, YouTubers, and analysts. The private details of 2,500 game industry journalists and video producers have leaked online. The list was accessible via the website through a download link. Organizations, uh, organizers, the Entertainment Software Association, told GameIndustry.biz, quote, they regret the occurrence and have removed the link. The list uh, includes names, publications, home addresses, email addresses, and phone numbers of game journalists, streamers, and YouTube creators, plus financial analysis and investors. Quote, ESA were made aware of the website's vulnerability that led to the contact list of registered journalists attending E3 being made public. The trade body said in their statement, Once notified, we immediately took steps to protect the data and shut down the site, which is no longer available. We regret this occurrence and have put measures in place to ensure it will not occur again. This is a huge oopsie. This is a huge mistake from uh, the ESA. And this is one that is going to hurt E3 for a long time coming. Because if you can't trust people with your data, you can't trust people at all. Doesn't matter who they are. And the pure fact that we know what we know what game journalists go through. We know what I know personally. What happens if you say something bad about a video game on Twitter? People send you death threats. People are racist to you. People are all things. So I can only imagine... If you're on a different scale, I'm, I get it from a tiny, 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 tiny minute amount of people. So imagine being a, a Jason uh, Schreier or a Greg Miller or whoever it is. And you have a huge audience and now people get your phone number, your house address, your email address. Imagine how scared you must be. It's terrible. It really is. I... I I'm shocked this happened, I'm disappointed, and I hope that everybody affected takes legal action and gets 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 paid, gets gets what they deserve out of this. Because this can't happen. You can't let companies get away with this and they need to be held accountable for their mistake. Yes, it was a mistake, but they need to be held accountable for their mistake. And a sorry, a sorry just isn't gonna cut it. It really isn't. Wasteland free investors will jump, uh, sorry, will jump, will receive a lump, see what I mean there, jump, lump, I was close, will receive a lump payout following studio acquisition. Gomarchi reports that investors in FIG-funded Wasteland 3 have been told they will receive a dividend rate of 85% higher than the promised 75% due to the acquisition. 
As you may know, in the exile, joined the Microsoft family last year. We are excited for them. Uh, we are excited for them for this next stage in our journey and making unique and creative games, and cannot wait to see what they do next. Read an email to investors. As part of this transition, Microsoft has recently published Figs Publishing Rights. Sorry, Microsoft has recently purchased Figs Publishing Rights for Wasteland 3 for the price of 2.295 million, which will be provided uh which will provide a positive return to all investors in the Fig game shares. Investors will earn 1.3 million on each 1000 share in Wasteland 3, but the payouts will no longer own the shares thus will not have the opportunity to earn potentially higher sales on uh, higher sales or on lower sales than expected so we'll no longer lose uh, money or receive higher money if it sells well or does poorly sorry i messed that quote up at the end there the same thing happened with um oh god i can't think of the name now i post it in the facebook group um damn what is it ah that's gonna really frustrate me i've got to check i can't think of what it is it's it is quick come on fixer you're almost there come on check 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 one two three four five six seven eight psychonauts 2 the exact same thing happened with psychonauts 2 i don't have the exact figures for that one but I don't see this as a bad thing. Uh, this is definitely a good thing. They're paying people out higher amounts of money uh, to get this done. I would be ecstatic from being paid out for for helping fund the game. Um, a part of me is a little bit cynical where I'm like, but that game could do really well and I'm not going to get that money now. But I think you should just be happy that you, number one, help something be made. And number two, you got paid from it as well. So, could be worse. It could be worse. Next up, Rocket League is ditching paid randomized loot boxes later this year. Quote, Here at Sonic and Epic Games as a whole, we are de dedicated to creating the best possible experience for our players all around the world. In pursuit of that goal, later this year, we will remove all paid randomized crates from Rocket League, replacing them with a system that shows the exact items you're buying in advance. This is a similar change we implemented into Fortnite Save the World. Rocket League Pass Premium DLC cards and eSports shop items will continue to be offered for direct purchase alongside our new system. We will share more information including timelines and rollout specifics in the coming months. This is just what I was saying. Loot boxes are going to become a thing of the past and the more of these big companies um, that do this, Epic Games obviously being one of the biggest currently, more people will follow suit because they're not going to take it. If we're not going to take it from FIFA or Rocket League or any of those type games or, or Fortnite, then we're sure as hell not going to take it from... What was that one? What was the one that really peed me off? Um, Shadow of War. We're not going to take it from that either. Do you know what I mean? So we're done. We're done with this. We don't want it in our video games anymore. And take them away i want to see what i'm buying with my real money for my fake skins okay 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 thank you next up apex legends is getting a solo mode next week according to a new post on the official apex legends twitter feed respawn will be launching the iron crown collection limited term event next week running from tuesday 13th of august until tuesday the 27th of august the focus is a new solo twist on Apex Legends. 
They were close, but so not close for me. If this was duos, I would have jumped in and really gave Apex Legends a try. Solos do not interest me. Duos do interest me. That's it. That's literally it. I really, 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 really want duos. I've wanted it for a while. The three, the three, I can't get three friends together that are good enough to play together, or two friends together, I should say, that are good enough to carry me. I can definitely get Crush to carry me. No problemo. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, I hope that this, I really do hope this event is successful, and that that means they'll try it with duos as well. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, last piece of news, but it's a big one. Microsoft reveals Gears of War 5 limited edition hardware featuring frostbitten Xbox One X. The Gears of War 5 limited edition Xbox One X bundle cost 500 and is designed by the Correlation and the Xbox Illustrator design team. It features a dark translucent case and a laser etch cracks across the top, given the appearance of shattered ice. It is... It even has a golden uh, locust symbol on the back. You can pre-order it today through the Microsoft Store and other retailers. So for those who have not seen this, it looks fantastic in my opinion. Um, it really is sleek and beautiful and it looks cool. I'm really, really happy about it. It does have the different sound for the start up and the boot up and the boot down, which is cool, which I talked about on Today in Gaming. You can actually see the video of that clip of them doing it. So go check that out if you haven't already. Um... I like it. I've already got a Project uh, Scorpio edition, so I don't need it. But if I didn't have an X, I think this would be the one I would get. I love Gears of War so much, and it's really pretty. Wire and just, oh, clean. So clean. To go along with this news, we've got a Kate Diaz limited edition Xbox controller. That will set you back $75. Also, to go along with that, you have a Gears of War 5 uh, Segate game drive. So, a portable hard drive. It's a 2TB USB 3.0. And that will set you back... Doesn't have the price here. Unlucky. But it's available from August 20th. Almost Haley's birthday. Haley's the 21st. Games with gold this month, you have got Gears of War 4 from August 1st to August 31st, Torchlight from August 1st to August 15th, Forza Motorsport 6 from August 16th to September 15th, and Castlevania Lords of the Shadows from August 16th to August 31st. Well, it is that time. Let's plug, plug, plug and get me out of here. Before I do that, I just want to say a huge thank you to anybody who did listen to this episode. I know it's probably very easy for you to hear one man show and no snow by mic, and we've 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 come such a long way um, in my Xbox and me. Like I say, we're celebrating episode one hundred and would help if I remembered, wouldn't it? One hundred and ninety six. We are so close to two hundred, and I know a lot of you have been here from like the very beginning. People have listened to this show on holiday. People have emailed in, tweeted in. They've 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 shared some life experiences on this podcast. We've had some fantastic hosts. Um, the show isn't going anywhere. I I will not stop doing this show, even if it is like this, a one man show where it's just me and you, the audience, and me talking to you and talking to a camera. And just enjoying the things we love, which is Xbox. Um, if you if you do like this, and you, I would, I would, I know I say it all the time, but I really do need people's feedback, especially on this week's episode, to know that if Crash can't do it, Snowbite Mike can't do it, we can't find someone to to come in and be a second host. Would you still want a show if it's just MZ Fix or if it's just me? Do you still want my Xbox and me? 
You can let me know in an email. You can let me know on Twitter, Discord, whatever it is. Just let me know, please. I really, really, really do want your feedback. The plugs this week uh, are as normal. Um, the first one I would say is please go check out Today in Gaming. It's a new bite-sized news show where it's the news and my opinion. It covers all things Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, PC, mobile, whatever the big topics are in the gaming industry that day. Uh, it's a daily show coming out every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. If you want it early, head over to patreon.com slash mcfixer where everything is funded. Um, if you're someone who left for the month or maybe lowered your tier, go and have a look at the tiers for me. I'd appreciate it. Um, we lost our Patreon producers, which is a hard one uh, because they are the like the lifeblood of this show. But doesn't mean it's going anywhere. Um, I can't do it without you guys. Um, I hope you enjoyed this show, and until next time, I will love you, leave you, and see you all later. Keep being you, and I'll keep being me. Goodbye.